Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Fans and welcome to the CHGO Bulls Podcast HQ Edition. Ah, oh, what a, the weekend is here. I'm feeling good. What a good weekend this is going to be for me, Mark K. Joined by the goat, Will Gottlieb, our our, our guy. Braggs is on the ones and twos. I'm not sure if Braggs has produced a HQ episode. I'm I'm not sure if he has. If he has, I don't recall. Then nope. if that has is if that is the case, Braggs, forgive me. But I'm pretty sure this is the first time. This is the first time, the first time we've been, ever been able to talk outside of the mean streets of Twitter, where I've always got to have my boy <laughs> Hugh and Fred's back. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, look, that's that's part of the reason why I'm having a fantastic today, day today. I mean, look, it's, it's a Saturday here for me. It's the weekend. Colin calling uh, in the comments saying, have I been slamming coffees? It's 8.30 a.m. Yes, Colin, I have been. I have been enjoying my Saturday. Do you know why, William? Because Team USA lost. Is it because you hate the United States of America? I fundamentally hate the United States of America. There's few things I like about America. One being CHDO, all of our listeners and fans and supporters. The Chicago Bulls being the other. Will Gottlieb being the other as well. But just fundamentally, yeah, a lot of things about the US bother me, particularly Team USA. And I love seeing, I absolutely love seeing the United States lose in sports, particularly basketball. So... I am particularly un- or in spite of the fact that it was at the hands of Franz Wagner, former Bulls great Franz <laughs> Wagner. Former Bulls legend Daniel Tice as well. It, it's just it's just fundamentally great on so many levels. And Bragg's alluded it to before, but my buddy C Red Fred was giving me crap the other week about uh Australia losing to Germany in the World Cup uh, maybe about a week or so ago. And he he mentioned that no person or no fan of a team that loses to uh, the Germany basketball team is able to speak on matters containing or relating to Team USA basketball. Well, man, was that a perfect tweet because uh, <laughs> it has just been a great few hours for me, William. Like I said, it's Saturday morning. Had a great morning with my son. Team USA losing. Now I'm talking to you and Braggs, talking balls. What a great day it is for me. I'm happy for you. That's all I can say. Thank you. I'm happy for you. Do you know, and, and it's going to get even better this day. Do you know why, William? Because we are here on a fun Friday talking balls. We're, there's not really much to talk about. So what, what are we doing today? Well, we're, we're taking your questions. We're taking your mailbag. We've asked people on Twitter to drop us some questions. We're going to get to, to answer all of them. Some are balls related. Some are less balls related. Some are fun. Some are silly. Some are serious. We'll give the appropriate answers to that. Similarly, if you are on watching on YouTube and you want to drop some questions to us as well, um, you're more than happy to do so, or please do. We'll try to get to those as well. But uh, we've got a bunch to get to. But I'm, I always enjoy these episodes because I love conversing with Bulls fans or some Bulls fans. And um, the questions that we've got through today are good ones, enjoyable ones. And we've broken them up into uh, relevant sections, I suppose. And I guess we're going to start from the top, which is in relation to some questions that we got through, William, about Kobe White. Javon Carter, the point guard situation, the backcourt more generally. So that's where we're going to start. And this one comes in from at MB, I'm, I'm going to blow MBA Han on Twitter. And he asks, what does Ayo DeSumo need to do to improve his game, to position himself as a legit starting point guard ahead of Kobe White and Javon Carter? And I really like this question because we've been talking a lot about the point guard thing. 
uh, for seemingly months now. <laughs> At some point, we'll, we'll get the actual answer to this. But uh, we always just talk about Kobe White or Javon Carter or potentially Alex Caruso. But we never talk about Io Dusumu. Io has been somewhat of a forgotten man. Came back to the Bulls on, on what I thought was a somewhat reasonable contract. But the sentiment around Io has been an interesting... It's been an interesting talking point and maybe something we haven't dived into too much. But I've just noticed among the fan base that a lot of people were just happy to see Io go or didn't want to bring him back on the three years, $21 million deal or whatever it may be that the, the roster is too guard heavy. And it kind of feels like a lot of people are sort of giving up or writing off Io and the fact that he's just a 10th or 11th guy and they, they don't really care about you know, his development, so to speak. Everyone's talking about Kobe and Pat and these sorts of things, but Io's still here. He's still got a lot of things to improve in his game. But William, to answer the question here, what what is what does Io need to do to sort of figure into this starting point guard position to the point where he potentially could move in front of Kobe and Javon? Um, I like throwing hat sensor. I was just, play a lot I just better than uh yeah i mean that's kind of the the long and short of it right like he he needs to outplay those guys i think he'll have an opportunity to do so the bulls didn't just pay him more than javon carter to let him rot on the bench i think he'll have an opportunity to get in there and start and i do think he has i would say if it were me more of an opportunity to start than kobe i do think it'll be a battle between him and javon carter just because of as we've talked about the fit with zach and vooch the fact that they do need a more defensive-minded player that can sort of insulate those guys, defend at the point of attack, be a ball mover. Um, I think there'll be more than enough time and place for Kobe to get in in sort of all offense units and things like that. But to me, it's going to come down to like three-point shooting and defense. And Javon, I think, has the leg up at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. More experienced, knows how to defend more ways, uh, but certainly a dogged point of attack defender, as Io is as well. But I think Javon, just with the experience that he has, um, and frankly, has just played better throughout the course of his career. And then the three-point shooting where Carter really gets him up. He's hunting three-point shots. He's looking for every chance to do it to the point where I think in previous stops, people have been like, Javon Carter, why are you like chucking up transition threes when you got Giannis running the lane here and he's wide yeah. open or he's like got, got a one-on-one? Um, mm-hmm. That's the mentality I think the Bulls need from a shooter out there. So I do like his fit, but like I said, uh, the Bulls just gave Io a big chunk of change. They're going to try to continue to develop him. And if you can get to that point with the jump shot, I think he'll have every opportunity to try to win out that role. What say you, as our friend C red Fred would say, because we're bringing him up a lot today. No, let's not bring him up anymore. He's uh, we only bring him up to trash him, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit reductive to say he's a jump shot away because you could say the same thing for a lot of, a lot of these toolsy wings that the bulls have on the roster, but for IO, the defense is there. Um, He's done some interesting things. more so in year one than year two in terms of being a pick and roll creator off the bounce for others. Uh, he and Vooch formed a nice connection in year one towards the back end of the of the 2021-22 season. So I think the scope for Aya to be a good starting guard in the NBA, assuming, and it's a big assumption, that he can sort of figure out that jump shot. It looked like it was there in year one and then it completely disappeared in year two. Where, you know, what is the real, you know, what what is real, Aya's real jump shot? Is it more of year one? Is it more of year two? I don't want to... I haven't bought too much into this whole Peter Patton thing because I think it's unreasonable to just assume that you bring in a shooting coach um, and that in in the space of months and weeks that everything is fixed and your non-shooters are now shooting. You can't go 10 minutes without being a hater and loser. (laughs) 10 minutes? We're only eight minutes in. What are you talking about? I know. You couldn't uh, get to 10 minutes. Well, of course, yeah. Well, what you, I started the show on an extremely positive note. I've got to bring it back yeah, down to real life. Less than, to the less realism. than 10 minutes before you became a hater and loser again. <laughs> but my point being, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Peter Patton more than a few weeks and months to fix everyone's jumper. But if for whatever reason, Io can somehow make a leap this offseason from a jump shooting standpoint, then I think he probably is in contention with a Kobe or Javon Carter because he takes the best of both really and forms his, you know, forms that into a nucleus of a really good um, off ball point guard, someone who really makes sense next to Zach and, and DeMar. So uh, if, if, if Io could get that jumper going and it doesn't need to be at a 40% rate, but if you could get that thing up to 36% on okay volume, good volume, yeah, then I actually think there's more, more scope for Io being the starting point guard on this team than Kobe White. Now, 
that's obviously contingent on Io getting that jump shot together and he just might not be able to do that. But if he can, I think, yeah, then it becomes a question of Javon and Io as to who's the starting point guard because I think those two make most sense next to Zach and Demand. It's less about, you know, Kobe being a lesser player or something like that. It's just all about fit. So for Io, he just needs to sort think, out that jumper, but um, we'll see. I think it's a little bit more than that. Um, and I'm curious to know kind of how he evolves in year three, because I can't remember if I was telling you this last week or if it was met with Matt and Dave, but like this whole narrative around Iowa was like, he got out of the gate hot because he wasn't on people's radar and he was really taking advantage. And then all of a sudden he was on the scouting report and he started to not look quite as good. And that excuse I think works for a little while, but it lasted basically the entirety of his second season. And I think for him, maybe the jump shot is a big piece of this, but he needs to like have a counter. He needs to be able to like say, okay, I can beat the counter that you've just thrown at me. I mean, that's what it takes to be a good NBA player. That comes in the form of a good jump shot, uh, attacking closeouts in a more smart way, just having some new tricks up your sleeve to be able to get by guys or make the right pass once you do. It's just, I think that comes with experience. I think it comes with a lot of reps and practice, which I'm sure he is putting in work to do. But I think it's more than just like, you know, he's a year three player now. He'll take a jump. Like he, I think he has a lot of growing to do. And the fact that this excuse, keep, and it is an excuse, like I'm using that word intentionally, that that excuse keeps coming out of like Billy Donovan, Mark Everson's mouth, which is that now he's on the scouting report, it's harder for him to succeed. Well, okay, you got to go find another way to succeed now because this is, you know, you're making 7 million bucks a year. This is your job. You got to figure out how to do that. Yeah, and I feel like he was doing those sorts of things in year one, and maybe that's because he wasn't on the scouting report, as you know. But like, just just small things like catching, catching and going, and really getting to the rim. Like, I saw more of Io getting to the rim in year one than I did in year two, and I don't know if that's necessarily a scouting thing where teams are, you know, telling their defenses you really have to worry about Io Desumer's ability to to catch and go and put it on the ground and get to the get to the cup because I don't I don't really know how many how many teams were actually scouting for Io, particularly with him coming off the bench. So I, I'm not saying he can't do it, but I'm just saying yeah. he has to. Yeah, of course. So I, I, I do think he can. Uh, I think he can get back to what we saw more so in U1. And he played some really damn good minutes in, in U1, which is why I was really high on him. After U1, despite me maybe not very high on him, entering into the, his, his first season. But I, I do think the scope for Io to be a good starting defensive guard in the NBA and time will tell it's up to him but let's get to the next one this one's from andrew j lamping who asks would you rather have dale and terry or julian phillips moving forward well luckily the bulls don't i've thrown brags to... off here because i inserted this one last second sorry brags but uh yes William, you William. have because will gave you're gonna have to give like hey i'm just keeping you on, on your toes buddy i'm just keeping will you on gave your toes. Me, well, i saw you on your phone there back in there yeah, off, well, off screen playing well, on your phone tweeting about the bears what I put, listen uh, what i put in the brand <laughs> i've got it all lined up in numerical order you started with three yeah so i and and i can't read stick it, to the program mark yes you know so you really are getting throwing me through a loop here, so I'm gonna do my best to to provide the juggling act here. But yeah, I apologize. Man, I'm just keeping you on your toes. Football season's just around the corner. I know the uh, the Bears are in, you know expected to do some things this season, so <laughs> I know. I look, look through it. I got all right. you. All good. All good. So the but question back to- <laughs> was Dalen or Julian Phillips, and I. Honestly, don't know, and I frankly don't care because the Bulls don't have to choose between them because they've got both under contract. That's my short answer. Wow, it took you couldn't even last fourteen minutes without being a doomer and hater. What a no! What a we get answer. both. There's no having to choose. Yeah, but you have to choose. You have to answer, answer Andrew's question. You're ducking the question. I mean, okay. If I absolutely have to choose, I'll go Dalen just because I've already seen what he can do, and he's had moments at the NBA level. Um, I'm very excited to see both of those guys get some more minutes um, in year two for Dylan rookie season for Julian Phillips. But I think learning how to be a jump shooter is something that they're both going to need to do. And if they both can learn how to do it, I think Dylan's got more skill sets, more tools to be a successful player with the extra passing ability with the switchable defense. I think they both have that, um, but just driving playmaking, I think, Dalen has a couple more levels that he can get to beyond just 
you know, three and D player. Obviously the jump shot needs to get there for both of those guys. But if you're just swinging on pure upside, I think Dalen's got a little bit more room beyond three and D player. Well, it's funny. Like I've got the exact same answer in the sense that I've seen Dalen more, um, which is exactly why I would take Julian. Why you think Julian. the other one? <laughs> <laughs> because I haven't liked what I've seen from Dalen. Apologies, Dalen, but um, that jumper looks really bad. And that's going to be the key to his game. And again, not to be too reductive, coming back to the IO thing to just say you need a jump shot and that's the only way you can impact games and those sorts of things. But there's levels to this and Dalen is so bad from a jump shooting perspective that I do think those those tangible good things that I think he can bring are going to be hampered or just not be, not be able to show him because if, if his jump is not at a point where he can be on the floor, then all the other good things that he can bring, I just, you'll never see. So I don't really have confidence in his jumper, meaning then I don't really have confidence in Dalen. So I'll take Julian Phillips moving forward. But It'll I don't be interesting to, to reassess this one after a year's time where we have seen a little bit more and we, we can tell who's gotten a little bit closer being productive. So um, mm. I, think, I think those are fair points for sure. All right, next one. This one comes from Greek Bulls fan. Uh, and he asks, is Kobe's next contract win going to be a max deal? Is this running to the program, Gregory Braggs, who's on his phone and not even bringing up the the, uh, the image? Look at him. He's kind of like... <laughs> I am trying, okay? I'm, try- I'm trying, okay? Leave me alone. Because the it's last question, Friday. Will didn't even screenshot to me. So now I'm throwing Will <laughs> under the bus. See, it's everyone's fault. Everyone else's fault. This guy takes no Mark accountability. Just, no wonder he's a big C red friend. USA loses red one fan, time so. and Mark thinks he's just the king of the world here. Um, oh, I'm no, Mark, right? I do not think Kobe's next contract will be a max. In order for that to happen, <laughs> uh, he'll, I mean, he'll have to be like a 25-point a game player. We know he is a sub-average defensive guy. He's gotten a lot better. Um we know he is a sub-average playmaker. He has gotten a lot better. He'll can he'll need to continue to get better at those things. But I think like if you're paying this guy, it's gonna be because he's like, you know, a Tyler Hero, you know, Tyrese Maxey kind of player where you're getting that like, you know, he, he kind of missed on that opportunity to get the second max or the first new contract yeah. max. Yeah. I think now seven years in. Uh, after this next contract, the max is going to be a lot higher. So he's going to have to be averaging like 25 plus a night in order for that to happen. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but we're talking about him coming off the bench. I just don't know that I see that as... I found it. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) I found it. Look, it's got three questions in the one. So that's what threw me off. So I'm ready now, Mark. I'm ready. Okay. This is a complete well, meltdown to end my week. No, that's fine. The, You've had a big week. the Bears don't melt down like I am on this show right now. No, no, no. All good. Well, hopefully that's not the case um, for your credibility. Real not that you down there, Braggs. <laughs> no, look, Braggs has had a big week. I mean, like I said, it's it's Bears week. The Bears are coming back. Uh, that that baseball guy who brought in that championship ring that I don't know who who he is, but plays for the Cubs, who's Braggs' team. Like I know he was elated at that pure moment. So. Uh, he's had a big week, so I'm not going to take it too, too, uh, you know, personal or anything. Like I, I said, I it's will, a front Friday. It's Lucia. I will not We're tolerate any more brag slander on the show. I will not tolerate. And, and Will, Will will tell you that we can't make it through one CHO bull show without me messing up. So now that we've gotten <laughs> it out of the way, it's going to be smooth. It'll be sailing, smooth sailing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but nonetheless, coming back to the question, well, do I really need to answer this? No, I won't really answer it because no, uh, he's not. Uh, getting a max deal, Greek Bulls fan. But I, I know there was a bit of tongue in cheek when you asked that question. Regardless, it also so, uh, certainly would be from the Bulls because we know that will require them to go into the tax, which we also know is unlikely. Let's call it. Oh, Moving on. In and Williams still being a doomer. What? Moving just, on. You're just a hater, man. Just a hater. All right. Well, let's move on. You know who's not a hater? It's Ray Auto. William, can you tell everyone about Ray? A good mate, Ray. I would love to tell you guys to get your ducks in a row. Because it's the grand reopening, not the grand opening, but the grand reopening of Ray CDJR. That's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Fox Lake. Flock in September 9th and celebrate our Get Ducked event. That's right. Get Ducked with free prizes and your chance to win $1,000. Plus, during Jeep Adventure Days, get employee pricing on all new 2023 Jeep Gladiator models. The grand reopening of 
Ray CDJR in Fox Lake is only on September 9th, but their savings are all month long. You know, Dave. Try to pull a Dave there. It didn't really work for me. Yeah, but it, it, we'll, it didn't I'll, I'll edit that out. We can edit that out post production. <laughs> Let's keep keep Bragg's doing his job here post uh, post show. Right. Is that the end of the read? Like you've kind of thrown me now after that. To be yeah. honest with you. Save all month. Save all month long, guys. Your turn. All right. All month long. Passing now, um, after that, um, how do how do I segue to this one? Well, this is how I do it. Our guy Bragg's is a bit on his toes at the moment. He's a bit stressed. Producing a HQ episode can be tough, but do you know what would have really calmed Braggs down and just got him in the right mood for this HQ episode? What what would, Mark? It would have gone, if had you have gone onto uh, sunnyside.shop, Braggs, and, and got yourself uh, some beautiful, sweet, judgment-free cannabis, you would have been in the right mind frame to produce this episode of CHGO Bulls. But that's all good, Braggs. You can get that later on. You can get that hooked up for your, your Sunday when the when the uh, the Bears do whatever they do, throw that ball around and try to win football games. But in lieu of that, friends, Sunnyside have got everything you need to elevate your football season, no matter where you are on your specific candidate's journey, journey, rather, whether you're just starting out, whether you're a seasoned veteran, whatever it may be, our friends at Sunnyside have got the hookup. They've got all the great quality products and brands that you could possibly need. And once you jump on that website, it will immediately become your favorite dispensary. And uh, through October 15, William, did you know when our listeners head to sunnyside.shop and use promo code CHGO25 at checkout, they will get 25% off their total order. You can only use it on one order. doesn't matter if you're a return customer or a new customer. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's all... You can get that promo code. You can get 25% off. It's not necessarily stackable with other op- promos that they are running, which Sunnyside do often because they're just a great, great business. But uh, on, on us, if you use promo code CHGO25, you'll get 25% off. The only caveat being that you must be over 21 or an Illinois med card holder. But if you've got those things covered, then uh, like I said, jump on Sunnyside and you'll be good to go producing podcasts in uh, in no in, in no short order. So, uh, just a tip out there for someone who may be listening. But uh, as we continue on the show, give us a like as well on the, on the YouTube if you happen to be watching us. Uh, drop that like. It helps us out. William and I need that 29 watching, 12 likes. I think we can do better. Oh, we can do way better than that. Way better than that. But uh, let's continue on with the questions because we've got some, some more good ones to get to. This one comes from at share bulls love, a thing I rarely do. Uh, he asks... Who is the Bulls' small ball center? Who is the Bulls' power forward against lineups like Cleveland, Minnesota, and Utah? I've got my answer, William, but I'm uh, interested to hear yours. Well, well done, Braggs. I, I, <laughs> I think it's it's pretty limited options here, right? Like the power forward room yeah. is Patrick and Torrey Craig and Alex yeah. Crusoe. Um, I would say the small ball center is probably going to be Patrick. And I like that. We saw him as small ball center alongside Derek Jones Jr. And it's pretty interchangeable. I think that would be the case with Torrey mm. Craig as well. Obviously, yeah. if Caruso's in there at the four, uh, you're probably going to see whichever of, Tor- of Torrey Craig and Pat Williams at the five. Um, but I really like Patrick's weak side help rim protection ability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his ability to switch on the perimeter. And I think if you're going to be trying out new defensive schemes, just as curveballs, um, that's the kind of thing that I, I kind of want to check out. And I think we'll have some opportunity over the course of the season, whether Mooch is injured or Drummond is injured or just has played himself out of favor because that has happened at times with Billy Donovan. Uh, we definitely should and will expect to see some small ball. And I think Patrick will be the guy that, that steps up into that center spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see if we see this at all. Um, you, I mean, you, you're definitely right that Billy – Obviously, has gone small. We've seen Derek Jones Jr. at small ball center. That makes sense because I think inherently the way Derek Jones Jr. plays on offense is to be a five, being that the screen setter and that hard roller. I don't know if Torrey Craig or Pat can play that role offensively at least. Maybe they can. It'd be interesting to get. That would be an interesting way to see more Patrick more involved in pick and roll, not necessarily as the initiator, but as someone setting the screen, getting those drop-off passes and then creating creating from there on the roll like that might be interesting my concern would yeah go ahead i was just gonna say he and i have actually talked a lot about that how that's Mm -hmm. become sort of an emphasis in his game is being a screen setter 
and yeah. learning how to roll off of that, learning how to pop off of that. But I also think the Bulls just run so much isolation for DeMar that having four shooters around him, whether it's Torrey Craig, Pat, and, you know, Kobe Zach, or some combination of Javon Carter and those guys, who knows, but like just getting that, that floor totally spaced out for DeMar or Zach to run isolations, I could see that too. That is true, but they've also run a lot of, uh, particularly in fourth quarters, Caruso screening for DeMar on ball. And Caruso is obviously not necessarily a shooter. You're, you're putting him in the possession, so you, you're kind of forcing the defense to respect him from that standpoint, which maybe they're not necessarily doing if he's playing in the corner and just spotting up. So maybe that's part of the strategy. But he's also a very intelligent, good passer as well. So if Pad could add that element to his game and just be that screen setter, uh, be that short role creator, that, that, that would be interesting. And maybe I'd be you know, wanting to see more of this small ball stuff. But my my instinct to this answer is that they don't have a small ball center. And I wonder if we see less of this this season compared to last season because I think, and I might be wrong on this, but I think Derek Jones Jr. is better equipped to play that small ball center role than a Pat or a Tory Cray, particularly because I just don't think Pat is necessarily, where his rebounding is not where it needs to be for where I think I would feel comfortable going in that small. Having said that, I don't really have any qualms about who the center is as such, to your point of whether it's Pat, whether it's Tory Craig, because when you go small like that, the whole point of it is to be switchable and to do creative things from that standpoint. So whether Pat starts on the center, whether it's Tory Craig, they might start on that guy, but they're maybe not finishing their possession on that player. So to me, it's academic in that sense. As to who the Bulls power forwarded is against bigger lineups, I don't think they really have a great solution for this either. And I think what we're going to see is kind of what we saw last season with Alex Caruso finishing games and it being him or DeMar DeRozan guarding the four, depending on who that four is. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's that um, versus, you know, Pat or, or Tory Craig playing power forward. Yeah. And I think there's so much like concern and consternation about who is a power forward? Is Patrick really a three? Can they go, you know, small? Can they play against teams like the Jazz or the Timberwolves that have like the double big lineup. And I think that stuff matters in maybe unique scenarios. But for the most part, it's like play to your strengths and make the opponent try to beat you at your game rather than constantly shape-shifting to be, you know, to be able to defend against, you know, the Warriors or some of these small teams or some of these big teams. Like you got to do what's best for you. And I think there's times and places where you try stuff, whether it's like, I mean, we, we – joke about like the the double big lineups with Drummond and Vooch. I never want to see that same as Tristan Thompson a couple of years ago, but I think those guys are capable enough. Like Caruso has had an advantage against guys like Giannis because he is smaller and he can crowd Giannis's space. And I think if you put him in those scenarios, yes, he might get posted up by cat and that could be trouble, but you're also not worried about Rudy Gobert in the paint. So maybe you, you know, put Patrick on him and let him roam and protect the rim that way. And you have, you know, Caruso somewhere else. And yeah, I don't know. You can just, you can be a little bit more flexible without having to like one for one match matchup guys based on their height. Like it's, you know, elementary school. Yeah. And you never got these guys one-on-one anyway. Like even if Patrick Williams is guarding Giannis one-on-one, like he's not guarding him one-on-one is the point. Like there's going to be help coming from multiple directions at some point. So it's not a one-for-one thing. And I, I mean, I, I to this point as well, I don't understand. I, I guess maybe it's casual Bulls fans potentially or, or fans who think you need to have a six foot ten power forward who just gets in there and rebounds like crazy like it's in the 90s. But like there's this misconception as well that the Bulls were a bad rebounding team, which they weren't. They were a fantastic defensive rebounding team despite being small. And I don't know where this consternation comes from. They weren't a good offensive rebounding team. That's that's certainly true, but part of that is by design. But that's a decision, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a defense. That's a decision for them to get back on de- uh, on defense, limit transition, and that helps them get into their half court stuff, which is where they do their thing on defense. So, I don't know where this comes from as to the, they need to be bigger because they can't rebound or they're not big enough to handle Giannis or whomever it may be. No one is going to be big enough to handle Giannis. And despite that, the Bulls were a good rebounding team regardless of their lack of size up front. So I'm not really concerned about power forward at all, to be honest with you, because I have complete faith in Alex Caruso playing power forward, But um, as you do, but I know a lot of people don't. But nonetheless, let's move on. Another one from at Share Bulls Love. He asks, 
who is the point guard and how is the offense going to be anything other than DeMar holding the ball for over 10 seconds in the half court? So let's let's probably focus more on the last part of that question because I think we've sort of touched on the point guard stuff before. But I took um, exception to this last bit that DeMar holds the ball for t- over 10 seconds in the half court and no one does anything else because of DeMar. And something that's going to irritate me or it already does irritate me, William and is the way certain Bulls fans talk about DeMar DeRozan and the way certain Bulls fans think DeMar DeRozan limits what this Bulls team is, what it can be, what it could have been if DeMar was doing things differently. And that fundamentally bothers me on a number of different levels. Um, But I'm interested to get your take on DeMar holding the ball for over 10 seconds in the half court and if there's ways that uh, the Bulls can strategically change that, assuming it's true. It's kind of a complicated one because I think a lot of this goes back to not this past season, but the one before where Zach was not playing at hundred percent, where Lonzo had gotten injured, where Booch was still not really finding his way. And the best option on any given play was to let DeMar do his thing. And the reason for that is because DeMar is really, really, really damn good at his thing. I mean, if you're shooting 50 plus percent on mid range shots, you're averaging over a point per possession on those looks. And that's a really good offensive possession. Um, And if you're trying to make the playoffs and you're, you know, clawing and scraping to stay out of the play-in, you need to do everything you can in order to win games. And I think at that point in the season, at that point in that season in particular, that's what their best option was on any given possession. Now the Bulls went into last season with this mantra of randomness and spontaneity where they didn't want to be so DeMar uh, dependent. They didn't want to be so predictable in their offensive sets. And I don't think they did a great job this past season really differentiating and um, being more creative with their offensive sets. Uh, But they did move the ball around a little bit more. They got Booch playing on the outer thirds of the court, which I thought was smart um, because, you know, it allowed him to be a shooter from the corners that allowed him to come off some pin downs and get into some dribble handoff actions with Zach um, into side pick and rolls on secondary actions, which I think was really good. But a lot of times, like you still do have to go to DeMar because he's still really good at that. And I think the beauty of the way that Arturis put this team together in the first place was you've got Lonzo who can kick the ball ahead. You've got Zach who's flying up the floor in transition. Who's an incredible athlete who can run, jump, dunk, Um, who can get into three-point sets off of pin downs and things like that. And then if nothing else works, then maybe you give the ball to DeMar, you slow it down and let him get to his spots. I thought that recipe was what made the Bulls so effective in the first part of the 2021-22 season. And without Lonzo, you just, you cut out that entire first 14 seconds of the shot clock. And so it does feel a lot like DeMar is just handling the ball and getting into his spots. But as the season went on last year, obviously DeMar was struggling with some injuries. They put the ball in Zach's hands. I think that basically they just run like a zipper or a Chicago action into a DeMar or Zach isolation or pick and roll with Vooch almost every single time down the court last year. And it's boring and it's not very creative. And I think it's easy to defend. So I do think that they need to do a little bit more. I think it's difficult with the personnel that they have, especially when there's not some sort of connective piece that can get the ball moving that can get it going side to side and up and down in transition. Uh, So that's where I hope Javon Carter can really help. But yeah, I think the Bulls do need to be more creative, but I also expect that now understanding how it works when they're not being creative and still having those same goals of trying to make the playoffs and doing what's best for the team to win. I think they are going to need to be a little bit more creative. They are going to have to come up with some more stuff. And I think it's on Zach and DeMar in particular to be able to flex their different strengths and get into some different stuff so that that becomes easier for Billy Donovan to sort of manipulate and organize things. Because I think at times when your best player is best at give me the ball and get out of my way, it's easy to just default to that. And I think that's what's made the Bulls predictable at times. And I think that's what they need to move away from if they want to be successful. I agree, but I think so much of that is driven by personnel and what, your guys can or can't do. And so many times have I seen this Bulls team move the ball, rotate the ball, get the ball into advantage situations, and the ball has ended up in the hands of someone who couldn't capitalize on that advantage. 
And we saw the Milwaukee the, the Milwaukee Bucks scheme against the, the Bulls Milwaukee in the twenty two playoffs. Uh basically using that that whole methodology of let's guard let's guard DeMar, leave everyone else because we don't have absolutely no confidence in we don't care if anyone beats us because anyone else beats us off the drill, beats us from the three-point line, whatever it might be, because we don't believe that they can. Now, that was the extreme version of it. But I think that's still true in, in so many instances whereby the ball would move on occasion. The ball will swing. It, it goes from corner to corner, not necessarily all the time because there's inherently going to be possessions where the ball's going to pick and roll ISOs and those sorts of things because that's who Damar and Zach are and their best Big man, Vooch, you need to get him in those pick and roll situations. So that's going to be the core tenant of their offense. But there has certainly been times when the Bulls have moved the ball and it just hasn't gone anywhere. So the ball ultimately swings back to a DeMar or a Zach for those ISO possessions. So it's not just DeMar being selfish or whatever it might be, dribbling the ball over, over the half point half court line and just deciding to hold the ball and, and get his own offense and not worry about everyone else. Like that is so reductive to think that way. And it's it disappoints me that some fans have that perce- a perception of DeMar. Does he go into ISO mode? Yes, of course he does. He's, but for good reason. He's one of the best isolation scorers in the NBA. That particular play, that isolation when DeMar is running is one of the most efficient plays from an isolation perspective in the NBA. So it's a good thing when, when DeMar goes into ISO. Would I like to see the offense be more varied up? Yes, absolutely. But that's also contingent on the others around them being good enough the others around Demar, the others around Zach, to actually be able to take advantage of those possessions that 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 Demar and Zach create for those guys, which they haven't consistently been able to do. And when that doesn't happen, you routinely get back into that situation where Demar and Zach go hero mode and take over and do the ISO thing. So uh, it's contingent on the rest of the roster. It's contingent on guys like Kobe and Pat and Caruso and Tory Craig, Javon Carter, etc., to actually take advantage when De- when Jamar Demar uh, draws too. When that when 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 he does that, Demar is a willing passer. Like it's not like this guy's holding the ball and just is not willing to give it up. But when that when that advantage is created, these guys need to be ready to go. And that's why I've been a proponent of always having veterans around Demar, Zach and Vooch, because we've seen it. We talked about this last week, the IO, IO Pat thing, uh, five-man lineup when you put IO and Pat next to Demar, Vooch, and Zach. It was bad. It was bad because these guys are still learning the game. They don't know how to take advantage of these situations, whereas guys like Javon Carter, uh, Tory Craig, Alex Caruso, the vets who know how to fill the gaps, know how to play next to these guys, they can take advantage of it, and they make those lineups work. So... There's so many variables to this, um, but I just don't like how it always comes back to DeMar being selfish, hero ball, mid-range shooter. That, that, that thing bothers me. And a lot of times, you know, when they do get into a set, like without Lonzo or without like a real point guard, they do have to use DeMar in order to initiate the set. But when he's getting into his elbows um, or getting double teams, he's moving the ball to Booch. Booch is now swinging it to the other side. And if Patrick or Io or Kobe at times or Javante or Derek Jones, like if these guys aren't getting the shot up immediately, then they're hesitating for a second and the defense resets. And now you've got to get it back to DeMar to reset the whole thing, except for there's eight seconds on the shot clock. And at that point, you don't really have time to do that whole same song and dance again. So he does have to get up an elbow jumper. Or yeah. let's say, you know, double team on DeMar, drops it into Vooch, uh, short roll pass, kick out to the weak side corner, Patrick's there, hesitates, closeout comes, steps on the sideline, turnover. Or, you know, closeout comes and he drives into the lane and help comes and he doesn't know what to do with it. He gets up a bad shot. Um, or he kicks it back out to Zach and now it's the same thing, but you've got eight or nine seconds on the shot clock. So these plays need to finish more efficient efficiently. I think the way that the Bulls get into sets is there, there does leave a bit to be desired in terms of creativity. But to me, and I think what you're you know, trying to say here, and, and I think I agree with, is that there needs to be more like efficiency and decision at the end of possessions, finishing possessions. And I think that will allow them to be a lot more efficient. I want to go back and just rewatch a lot of the games from the end of the season when they finished 14 to 9 and just see what some of those closing possessions looked like. Because I would imagine that think, like decisions were made much quicker that allowed the offense to go from 25th to 15th. And that changed. I mean, that was the, that was the whole difference last year. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, I'm I'm predicting this season that um, there are going to be a lot of Demar takes flying around that uh, are going to bother me. Uh, 
in relation to this, in relation to the extension, in, in relation to a lot of things. But um, yeah, I love DeMar DeRozan. But anyways, another another thing that I love, William, Chetty Rose. Do you know whoa, what? whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, the whoa, best whoa. question in this whole thing. What's the best milkshake in Chicago, Will? Uh, well, okay, so we have, a whole, we have a whole section at the end, and this is – I'm putting my hand up here because I did not explain this properly. We have a whole section at the end that's supposed to be fun <laughs> questions, and because that one was lumped in – There the the you you're going to skip over it. You, you said you were looking at the notion. I'm, I'm looking. It's clearly it. in the rundown for topic four, Braggs, just for fun. But it's in it's in his question. We'll, we'll revisit I it. thought if you want me to answer it now, it's going to be the same answer. Which is, I don't really, Mark, I don't really know Mark, because I don't. Mark drink. would rather have C Red Fred running the ship here. <laughs> Let's not stoop to that level, all right? We're not going to stoop to that level. Go but ahead, on, talk man. about our great guys over at Shady Race. I'll shut up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I was making a mental Never note saying up, I'm not going to. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was making a mental note thinking I've, I've given Braggs enough shit. I'm not going to you know, continue to harp on that point because I've been a bit mean, but God, he brought that one on himself, didn't he? Jesus. But anyways, Shady Rays, Shady Rays. You know what's good about them, William? Not only do they follow the rundowns, but they, t- they give you the absolute perfect gear that is uh, built to last, built to take on the sun. And um, that's what I love about them. Uh, our friends at Shady Rays, they've got the, the gear to help you in these warm weathers, uh, climates, particularly those beautiful premium polarized shades. And they do it all at an affordable price, William. That's a, that is just such a good thing. I still, I still do not understand why anyone would buy any designer brands of sunglasses. That is just the stupidest investment that you could possibly make for a number of different reasons. They don't look good. They certainly don't look good as, as good as Shady Rays. They cost way more than Shady Rays. And for what? For what? Nothing. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely stupid. And their the frames aren't even even um, as durable as our friends at Shady Rays, who are extremely made with absolutely extremely clear optics, the best type of plastics, the best type of materials going around. That's what our friends at Shady Rays use. But best of all, they have a lost and broken replacement policy, whereby if you lose or you break your sunnies, you get a free pair back. Those designer brains aren't doing that. They're going to ask you to pay an extra two grand for another pair of sunnies because that's what they freaking do. They're not good companies, but like, but you know who is William Shady Rays? Shady Rays, they're absolutely great. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving everyone the best deal of the season. When you go to shadyrays.com and you use promo code CHGO, you'll receive fifty percent off two plus pairs of premium polarized sunglasses. William, what do you do when you uh, head them over to shadyrays.com? You tell me, Mark. I was throwing for, I was trying to throw for the try for yourself thing, but didn't really organically work, did it? It didn't, but you should try for yourself. <laughs> I just can't pull off the Dave. You can't pull off the Dave. None of us can pull off the Dave. So let's try to forget. Let's just not try to be Dave. But you know what you could try to be? Over just to be those, you, Mark. Just be you, but you could also be trying to be like those 250,000 people who've given Shady Rays a five-star review online. And if 250,000 people have said that this company is worth five stars, then definitely head over there, friends. ShadyRays.com, promo code CHGO for 50% off. William, Splash Sports, do it. Splash Sports. We are very excited because CHGO has a weekly pickaxe and NFL Survivor Contest for everyone to participate in for real money, real cash. How do you enter, you ask? You head to splashsports.com slash CHGO. The link is in the description. And you sign up. You deposit cash and get started. And it's just $10 to enter. CHGO weekly NFL pickaxe contest and CHGO Survivor Contest. And the prizes are big. We'll be running contests all year long. Be sure that you keep that link handy. And if you want to run your own contest, if you're tired of being the commissioner of leagues, chasing people down with none of the reward, you can sign up to be a commissioner right through the link and earn money for contests you're already running with friends and family. Head to Splashboards.com slash CHGO to join. We'll be doing different contests coming out, and we are stoked to compete with and against you. So be sure to click the link in the description in this podcast Braggs, are you doing any uh any of these splash sports contests i'm all i'm all over it i'm all you're over all it. over it so if you want to yep. uh get your ass kicked by Braggs, join yeah, i'm in that I, I there's a high roller group in there so i figure if i get in it then maybe one day i'll become a high roller you gotta i like that that's called manifesting fair enough hey why not 
Why not? Be like Braggs, jump on Splash. That's how that's how that's how we do it. But uh let's 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 get through this, William. We've gone along on those first few questions. Uh we've got a bunch more to get to, to be honest with you. Um but let's let's take tackle a few of these ones. Uh I'm just gonna pick two, because we are time poor at the moment. Uh I wasn't gonna pick that one actually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pick two. Do not, not show Matt and Dave this show. Do not. <laughs> I actually think I guess I have to show. read this question. This is our great show. <laughs> Anyways, Emilio underscore H520 asks, do you think or hope that a future superstar free agent in his prime will finally say what we all know, that the reason that they won't sign with the Bulls is they don't trust ownership and they don't trust that ownership is financially committed to build a championship team. William, Emilio's question here. Uh, the one that I was definitely going to be <laughs> to read. Do you think a free, a free agent will ever come out and say, uh, I didn't want to go to the Bulls? Not, not just any free agent, a superstar free agent. I didn't want to go to the Bulls because I don't trust ownership. I don't trust Jerry Ryan stuff. Do you think a, a, a free agent will ever come out and say that? As, as, I could imagine how gratifying that would be to hear, but do you think that would ever actually happen? I, I do not think it'll ever actually happen because I've never heard any player ever say anything like that about not mm. joining a team, yeah. especially in the moment. Like maybe in retrospect, players would be like, yeah, I didn't sign there because Bulls wouldn't get yeah. rid of Lou all dang and wouldn't go to the tax. So that's why D Wade and LeBron and Bosch couldn't come to the Bulls. Maybe you hear that kind of thing, but I don't see it, It's kind of like, you know, when you're really self-conscious about something, and you're worried that other people are going to be thinking about it all the time. But in reality, they don't even notice because they're too busy being worried about their own thing. It's kind of like that. Like players are not going to be like worried about the Bulls front office when they're making a decision to go to the Clippers. You know, I think it could be a result of that. Like they wanted to go play with other good players. And those teams are on, you know, those players are on teams where they are spending. But I don't see them ever actually saying that. Um, certainly like publicly. Yeah, completely agree. And the reason for that would be is why why would any free agent want to burn a bridge for no apparent reason? Like I think we all feel the way we do about Jerry Ransoff and his ownership. But maybe someday that superstar free agent who's a superstar in his prime willing to command max money dollars now, you know, in five, ten years' time, maybe when he's looking for that contract down the road, uh maybe, you know, that could have potentially been an option from the Bulls, but it wouldn't be if he's slagging off ownership and saying those sorts of things. So I don't think this would ever happen. Like I said, uh, it would be great to hear Emilio, someone say this. If Giannis in you know free agency in 2025, the Bulls were gearing towards chasing him and if they missed out... I was thinking about going there, deal. but they didn't want to go into the tax, so I'm out. Yeah, well, obviously that's... that's uh, that's obviously not going to happen. But uh, yeah, this is never going to happen, Emilio. It would be great, but uh, unfortunately, no, it's not going to happen. Let's get to this question. This is one I definitely wanted to 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 um to ask. And let's see if, if Greg's puts it up on the screen. This one's from Nick underscore BPS S. And he asks, you time warped June 2024 to discover the Bulls have won 60 plus games. How did that happen? And how did Braggs put up the right question? That's that's fantastic. But uh, William, in June 2024, the Bulls have won 60 plus games. How did it happen? Okay, so first things first, the Bulls are projected to win 37 and a half games according to our friends at DraftKings. So mm-hmm. 23 wins, 23 additional wins on top of that. So we're talking about a lot of stuff that has to break right here. We're talking about Patrick Williams being like a 20 a game kind of guy. We're talking about Kobe shooting like 45% on eight threes per game off the bench. We're talking about Lonzo potentially coming back mid season and looking exactly like Lonzo did at the end of uh, 2021 and Damar going back to his like absolutely nuclear February, 2022 days where he was breaking Wilt Chamberlain records mood. Finally, I mean, everything that you could possibly imagine going right would have to go right. And I think yeah. that I think on more than that, like teams just, I wouldn't be surprised if no team in the league won 60 games this year, but even if we say like 55 games or even 50, um, which is obviously a huge departure from 60, I think just so much has to go right for the bulls. Um, it starts with Patrick and Kobe taking huge leaps. It starts with 
three-pointers going up at a really high rate and going in at a really high rate. Um, and the defense being as good as it was at the end of last year, which was to say first best in the league. Um, mm. I, I think it's just one of those situations where like the stars perfectly align and everything you could possibly imagine goes right, goes right. Yeah. And before I get into my actual answer, um, we, we posted this question just before we went live as a, I guess, a teaser for people to click on the YouTube link to come watch us. Uh, and one of the <laughs> one of the responses we got to that to that tweet was, the most obvious answer is the NBA shifts. <laughs> I can't even get This is a great question. Uh, great answer. This is from at RealJPB on Twitter. He goes, the most <laughs> obvious answer is the NBA shifts to a 120 game season <laughs> and that's a great answer um <laughs> i've lost it today but uh the, the my actual answer to this question how do the bulls get to 60 plus games I, the last time the bulls won 60 plus games they had a top five player in Derek rose that's how the bulls get back to 60 games and the only way they're going to get a top five player this season is if well if they trade for one which unlikely but the the most I was going to say the most reasonable Patrick way. Williams, and, 2024. No, I wasn't going to go Most Patrick valuable Williams. player. Why not? Why can't he be the MVP? He puts in the work. Why not? Stop. He certainly posts those IG videos, which we'll get to later. But Zach Levine has to become a top five player. That's the only way this happens. And I don't think it's going to happen. I was, there's no reasonable way that Zach Levine becomes a top five player in the NBA. But if the Bulls are to win 60 plus games in by June 2024, uh then they need a top level guy. And the only reasonable or feasible way of acquiring a top five level player is by one of the guys on the roster becoming one. And the only one that has any scope of doing so, and I don't think he has any scope to do so, but if assuming anyone does, it's Zach Levine. So that's my actual answer. But uh can let's do, keep moving can on. Can we do the can we do the other one just real quick before we move no. on? Because I th- I thought it was super interesting. Maybe we spend what? our whole episode next week talking about it then. Yeah. Let's cut that. We unfortunately, I was actually going to bring that question up. I was going to bring up Nick's question and your question here, um, but unfortunately, Bragg's through to through to one that I wasn't prepared for, which we had to take at that point. So uh, unfortunately, we have to shelve yours, William, because of uh, Gregory Bragg's. But nonetheless, let's read some pins and aces ads, William. Thank you. Well, Mark, did you know that Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of All City and CHGO? I did. We love tell me more. Pins and aces. We love it. We love pins and aces gear, and we get tons of compliments on it on and off the course. We just had uh, a golf event for CHGO diehards, and there were custom CHGO pins and aces gears, uh, shirts. Everybody was loving them. They look great. Everybody there played great because they were wearing it. And they are a family owned golf and apparel business that makes awesome polos, hats, golf bags, and the Matt Pack special, the beer sleeve. You get seven beers in there, six and a roadie, as he likes to say, and it keeps your beers frosty cold for the entire round. So check out pinsandaces.com and use promo code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com, promo code CHGO, 15% off. Beautiful. Thank you, William. Now, we've only got a few more minutes left. I want to close the show with uh, a bit of fun, some silly questions. But um, I say that as if this whole podcast hasn't been just a, a giant laugh at this point. But before we get fun, before we get have uh, some laughs or some more laughs, a guy Colin in the uh, in the comments has a question. It's more of a serious question, so let's answer that up, that, that one first. He asks, "How does the Javon Kobe Caruso IO situation break down in terms of minutes played, closing lineups, etc.?" William, what's your what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I've said it a bunch. I'll say it again. I think Javon is a starter. I think Kobe comes off the bench and plays 25 to 28 minutes a game. Caruso, mm-hmm. I think, will be more of a backup, like, one, two, three, four, like kind of wherever you need him to be, he'll play, and he'll guard the best player, and he'll, you know, be the screener at times, be the floor spacer at times. He's definitely going to be the closing four um, if the Bulls are serious about winning games. And then I think point guard, it will either be Javon – um, or maybe Kobe, if he really steps up defensively. Um, Io, I think, is going to have to fight for minutes here. I think he's got to develop a lot. We talked about that earlier on in the show. So if you're just joining us now, go back and listen. We talked about ne- that near the top. Um, but I would see, I would say, like, the minutes breakdown will probably be something similar to 
the way it was at the end of last season after Patrick Beverly. And that was like 24 ish minutes for Pat Bev, 20, 22 minutes for IO 28 minutes for Kobe and like 28 minutes for Caruso. I think they'll try to keep Caruso's minutes down to monitor him, but um, they, they all will play certainly without, you know, a true backup three, I think is really the, the position that they're missing um, with Caruso being a four in my eyes. So they're all going to get minutes. And I think just whoever plays best is going to kind of work their way up the rotation depth chart. Yeah. It's uh Caruso's closing games, irrespective of what happens during the regular season, how they manage him through the regular season. That's one thing, but he's closing games when it matters. And it's really a question of who that fifth guy is. Some nights it'll be Javon. Some nights it's going to be Kobe. Some nights it'll be Pat. Some nights it'll be Tory Craig, but Caruso is going to be in every single time because why the hell would he not be? He's the Bulls' best per-minute player, in, uh, per my, in my opinion. So, uh, or at least the most productive player on a per-minute basis. So uh, that's how I would answer that one. But let's close it out, William. We've got about five-ish minutes left. Let's have some fun. We're not going to get to all of these questions, unfortunately, sadly. But um, I wanted to get to this one. This one's from our, uh, from our guy, Salim, at Salim underscore BG Hoops on Twitter. Well done, Braggs. He asks... What all-time great great judo would you compare yourself and Will to? And he said, we can't say MJ and Pip. Now, I wouldn't have said that, uh, uh, Salim, because I am a humble person. I would never compare myself to uh, to MJ and Pip. But do you have a good answer for this one, William? I was going to say Nico and Bobby. (laughs) I can't imagine a scenario where either of us would ever come to blows. I couldn't imagine. No, absolutely not. Um, I wanted to find a way to incorporate Kirk Heinrich in this somehow. Um, <laughs> Kirk Heinrich, Ben Gold. Maybe like Kirk Heinrich and Scott Skiles, maybe. I don't know. Mm. That's, a, that's a dynamic duo right there. That's a lot of assists. <laughs> do you know who I think we are? Exactly. Well, Braggs, what are you? Yeah, uh, well, because it's like I'm trying to think of a duo that, you know, dissected the defense because that's kind of what you guys do. You dissect you know, every, all the little analytical stuff. So like trying to think of somebody in that, in that lane. I, I've got an answer for you. Is it so Stockton the, and Hornacek? No, no, I've got a better one. I've got a better one. So if you think about all the other Bulls podcasts out there, and there's at least 17,000 out there, let's just assume those podcasts are Team USA. All right. Who, who are William and I? We're that. <laughs> we're, we're the Wagner brothers. That's who we are. And we defeat all other Bulls podcasts, just like Germany defeated Team USA. So that's who William is. William is our Franz Wagner. The more, the better, the more attractive, the quaffed hair, the better player, the better talent, the, the one that's going to make ma- max money. And on Mo Wagner, the, the hanger on, he's okay at some stages, but more generally, he's just annoying. His presence is annoying, but he's just a hanger on because his brother's really good and... You know, he happens to be on the Orlando. He, he quietly had a very good season last year, but I'm glad you did pick brothers because when you were in town and we went out to meet <laughs> our our friend uh, Jay Pat, somebody did ask us if we were brothers, which was kind of fun. That was, yeah, that was weird when, on, on not not weird that he asked if we were brothers because that was a compliment for me. Uh, definitely not a compliment for you, but it was just weird Absolutely. that a random guy would ask us that question. But it nah. was that that has happened to me before with my actual brother. And it always is weird to me that like people actually somebody just stopped us on the street once to ask if we were twins. It's like, even if you think that, like you have to stop someone to ask. I don't know. That's just kind of <laughs> Why ask that we're question? All, we're but really silly. We're all going somewhere. We're all doing things. And do you know who else is doing things? Germany. They're going to the gold medal game. Do you know who's not? USA. <laughs> ah, it's so good. It's so good. Another question. This one from our buddy Morton Jensen. He asks, why do you love off-season workouts so much, Mark? Is it because they serve as such a great indicator of future production? Tongue-in-cheek question again. It's a fun Friday. This is a funny question. It's an in-joke. But William, why do we love off-season workouts videos so much? I know that you, uh, you happen to... And this is a timely one. I think because I we might, did. I yeah, might actually hate them more than you do. And I know how much you hate them. So that says a lot. I, I can't stand them, them because they, it's like people doing drills that I did in elementary school, like pound dribbles or just shooting free throws in an empty gym. Like everybody does this every day. If you're playing basketball, I do this now when I go to the gym to warm up, I take some free throws and I dribble the ball 
Like this has no indication of me being good at basketball. It just proves that I know how to do some warmups. And for anybody to take that and try to extrapolate it into this guy's so smart, the way he's working on his game and honing his craft, it's now going to help him in X, Y, they're just messing around. They're not putting the actual stuff on film. And if they were, they'd be giving away trade secrets. So I think they know they're, they're probably just like yanking everybody's chain. There's no way that this, I mean, everybody's working out all summer. That's what they do. They all work out to think that some player is now going to have a leg up because he's working out because you saw it on an Instagram reel is just ridiculous. It's so dumb. And I rarely get worked up like this about anything, but the amount of like videos that I've seen people I've heard talking about said videos over the last few months, I get it. There's not much else to talk about, but good Lord people chill out with the, with the off season summer workout tapes. It means nothing. So you, are you telling me that Kobe white hitting pull up threes, not over a, you know, a, a stretching uh, defender, but over some guy with a pad. It's one on O. Oftentimes they're not even playing. It's just them in an empty gym. Are you telling me that's not an indicator of future production? Are you really telling me that? I'm done. Time to log out. (laughs) All right. But before we do one last question, this one comes in from Trey Jordan. I don't think Braggs are going to have a picture for this one because I added this in last second. But even if we had the picture, let's be honest, Braggs wasn't going to bring it up. So he asks, (laughs) Trey Jordan asks, (laughs) in what country do you want the Bulls to play next? Obviously inferring that we saw the Bulls go to France. Well, um, you were there, definitely seeing that in person, William. But uh, I had to watch from afar. But nonetheless, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. But what I'm saying is, what Trey is asking, in what country do you want to see the Bulls play next and against two? And there's only one obvious answer here, but I'm interested to hear your opinion. It's Melbourne. I want to come see you down in Melbourne. You got it right. Bring the Bulls to Australia. Come on, man. And who do I want to play? I don't care. Any team. Anybody. Any team. Maybe Team USA. Team USA probably can't beat this Bulls team, I could imagine. Don't want to play. I don't want the Bulls to play Germany because there's no way the Bulls can beat Germany, like an actual winner. But maybe the Bulls playing against Team USA, and then I'm pretty confident the Bulls will beat that team. So bring Team USA out to Australia. Have them play the Chicago Bulls, and I think I think the Chicago Bulls will beat Team USA in that instance. Agreed. Best milkshake in Chicago? Don't really drink milkshakes that much, so I don't have a great answer, but I'll go with the cake shake from... Portillo's. Uh, Braggs, does your milkshake bring all the boys to the yard? Yeah, I mean, obviously Portillo's is going to be everyone's go-to, but there's uh, Oberweiss. Oberweiss has really good chocolate malts and chocolate shakes as well. So you can find an Oberweiss in in whatever area you're in. Grab it. Oberweiss. That sounds German. That must be a winning winning milkshake. Top line chocolate milk. Ice cream, they're, they're the goods. Then when they so if you get milk from them, it comes in those like glass jugs. Like yeah, we used to get our milk delivered in glass jugs from Overweiss when I was a kid. Yeah, they're the real deal Holyfield. So <laughs> there you go, there you go. You know what else has been a real deal Holyfield? This podcast. Just what a great <laughs> podcast this has been. It's been a lot of laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> this has just been. Top of the line, premier, top shelf podcast. This has just been so good. But I've had a lot of fun. This has been a great day for me. It continues to be a great day. And I knew this was going to be a good podcast because I'm talking to William at Wool underscore Gottlieb on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at MK Hoops. The fact that Braggs was producing, we gave him a lot of shit today, but I I love the fact that Braggs was producing today. And I hope to uh, have you back again sometime, Braggs. This was good. Um, What's your handle, friend? It's it's at Greg J. Braggs, something like that. Yeah, at at G. Braggs Jr. Jr. uh, 23. Be a lot of meatballery on Sunday for the Bears game. I could uh, only imagine. The CHO Bears team has been absolutely destroying it recently. If you are remotely close to being a Bears fan, I'm obviously like 99.8% Bulls, but I'm very excited for CHO Bears this season. We got Hogue, we got Nick Moriano, we got Braggs. Like, it's Carm. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you guys are tuning into those shows. Uh, they got the late night shows on Monday. They got post game, same as us. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a blast. The Bears are going to be sick this year. Be sure to tune in and follow them at CHDO underscore Bears. I appreciate yeah, you guys. It's going to sure. be a fun year for CHGO sports across the board. Connor Bedard's coming to Chicago. 
the Bulls. Bulls, it's okay. Bulls, hey, we got Lonzo Ball doing chair lifts. You say you don't like off-season workouts, but Will. That I did like. You, you love the, the Lonzo Ball chair lift, so. I can do that uh, too, hey, you see? One step, one step at a time. You know, we're not Boston. We don't get it all. Yeah, there you go. There's the chair lift. <laughs> the chair lift will bring us, r- rise us to championship glory. But I appreciate Hopefully. it. Hopefully the Bulls can someday experience what uh, Germany experienced most recently in their thrilling victory against Team USA. But what a way to end this podcast, bringing it back to the beautiful, beautiful Germans and their just dismantling of the USA. But as I said before, at Will underscore Gottlieb on Twitter, at MK Hoops, we're at CHGO underscore Bulls. Matt, Will, is Dave back next week or is Dave on holidays? Yeah, I don't know what we're this all back. Is. We're all back next week. Tune in all Monday. three of the yeah. Americans commiserating together after the Team USA's loss will be back next Monday. I will be back some other stage just reveling in the fact that Team USA lost. Have I been nausea- nauseating enough today? I think I have. That's why I'm the Mo Wagner. You're always nauseating. You don't, this is that is true. That is true. Let's call today. it off. We've been talking too much. Friends, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for putting up with my nonsense today. Uh, like I said, come back on Monday. Matt, Will, and Dave will have some proper conversation for you. But uh, this has been the Fun Friday HQ edition. Speak soon. Bye, Bulls fans. Soccer Team USA. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.